Good evening and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Hunter Combs, again in the studio with Dr. Philip Stott, and tonight we're going to be discussing the flood. Now there's a lot of talk about the flood, especially when atheists sort of want to mock Christianity and say, oh yeah, you believe in fairy tales like God creating the world or the flood. There could never have been a global flood. But in fact, this is what the Bible tells us took place. And more than that, this is what science actually gives credence to. There's the evidence points to a global flood. It actually makes a lot of sense of the way we see the world today, looking at the flood as we see in Genesis 6 to 9. In Genesis 7, here's what it says. It says that in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So Dr. Stott, do you want to open us up talking about the flood of Noah for our listeners tonight? Uh, Yes. There was a huge amount of effort put into discrediting the flood. Uh, Charles Lyle, in particular, did a lot of work. He wrote to a friend of his, Scrope, who was a publisher, and he said he wanted to put down the mosaic geology. Now, mosaic geology is the flood. It's, Not mosaic, like the little tiles being put together like Moses. No, the, mo- <laughs> the mosaic in terms of Moses. That's right, in terms of, of the flood. in terms of Moses. <clears throat> and um, so he said he had a, an idea how to put down Moses' uh, geology and um, they got together and discussed it and decided how they were going to do it. And they produced a three-volume book called Principles of Geology in which Lyle put forward a, what he called, a principle, the uniformity principle. Now, Lyle was a lawyer. He wasn't a geologist, but he very much liked the ideas of James Hutton, who Hmm. was a geologist who wanted to make out that the earth was very much older than the Bible would allow. But Lyle really didn't think he was a very good um, arguer. And being a lawyer, he was convinced he could put forward a much stronger case. And so he built his principles of geology on what he called the uniformity principle, which says that no uh, no forces have happened in the past other than those we see happening now and they have never acted with different degrees of energy from which they now exert. Now, we don't see huge floods happening now, therefore they never happened in the past. Hmm. Now, this is... Um, it's interesting that... This coincides with um, 2 Peter chapter 3, where it says, in the last days, scoffers will come, Hmm. saying, 
Where is the promise of his coming? For everything continues as it was from the beginning of the creation. Hmm. Now, Lyle was saying this to um, deny the flood. Hmm. And 2 Peter chapter 3 continues and gives the reason why they're saying this. And it says... For this they are willingly ignorant of. The fact that the earth standing out of the water and in the water, being overflowed by water, perished. Hmm. So Lyle was fulfilling a biblical prophecy in two ways. His new uniformity principle was what he was using and he was using it for exactly what the Bible said, to deny the flood. Hmm. Now, his arguments are not really all that good and many of them are based on lies. For example, he went to Niagara Falls and um, Niagara Falls is 35,000 feet above where it starts. And so he asked the people, how, lo how quickly is the gorge eroding back? And they said, well, they reckoned it was about four feet a year. Hmm. Now, it's actually five feet a year. Um, but Lyle said one foot per year so that he could say, well, at one foot per year, per year it would have taken 35,000 years for this gorge to erode. Therefore, the Bible's wrong because the Bible doesn't allow for 35,000 years. Now... He was lying about the speed. It's actually five. He said it was three. But he's also making a totally false claim because if those sediments had been laid down in the flood and it had 35,000 feet to go, well, immediately after the flood the rock would all be very soft. It would be just soft sediments. Mm. And for the first part of its erosion, it would be eroding soft, wet sand. Mm. So that would be very much faster than what it does today because by now it's had time to harden into rock. So his reasoning was false. His facts were false. But this was typical of the whole way through his book. But... People were happy to get away from the Bible. Hmm. The atheist has always hated the Bible with its condemnation of their sin. Hmm. And if you can show that the Bible is right about things like how old it is, then, well, why should you believe it when it uh, condemns their sin? Hmm. So Lyle built up his long time scale by clever reasoning and lies. For example, he claimed that sediments are being laid down at three millimetres, well, he actually said an eighth of an inch, a century. And it's always been like that. But there is clear evidence in the rocks that that's not true. For example, you find tree trunks 10 metres tall standing vertically in sediments which have been laid down 
definitely at not three millimetres a century Hmm. because otherwise they would have fallen over. So Hmm. there is plenty of evidence that Lyle's story is wrong, but he made a lawyer's case for it Hmm. and there were so many people who wanted to believe it, they did believe it. But there is a huge amount of evidence that it's not true and, in fact, most geologists admit that it's not true. Hmm. The only thing they now admit that's true about it is the millions of years he got by saying Hmm. that um, sediment was all deposited eighth of an inch a century and it's always been like that. Hmm. Now, there is very good evidence for how old the Earth really is, or at least there is very good evidence for the fact that there was a very major flood and when it happened. Now, that evidence is available in libraries throughout the world and it consists of all the evidence over centuries for the tilt of the Earth's axis. Now, if you plot those readings which have been taken right back to early Egyptian civilization, but going through the ancient Chinese, the um, ancient Greek, ancient Roman, you can plot those measurements of the tilt of the Earth's axis and they follow a curve and it becomes vertical Um, in about 2400 BC. Now, the explanation for that has been put forward by an astronomer working in Australia. He was examining the tilt of the Earth's axis Hmm. and... He plotted all this data and said, hey, but look, this curve is a logarithmic sine curve, which is the curve of recovery of a top or gyroscope when it's been hit. Hmm. And where this goes vertical, it tells you when it was hit and the angle it was at when it went vertical, um, when the curve goes vertical, tells you when, um, how far it's tilted. So he showed that this shows that the Earth's had been tilted 26 and a half degrees. Hmm. And in order to do that, he calculated the size of the body which would have had to impact the Earth and found it was 200 kilometres in diameter. Hmm. Four and a half thousand years ago. So that is what the evidence which is available all over the world and it's been available for years Hmm. that shows what happened now recently the geologists of the world have been convinced that there is evidence the earth has been hit by a huge meteorite and a few years ago NASA admitted that the evidence is that the Earth has been hit by a meteorite 200 kilometres in diameter. Hmm. 
Hmm. Exactly the same as George Dodwell calculated. But they say, oh, well, there's no evidence for such a huge meteorite impact in the geological record. Therefore, it must have happened while the Earth was still molten. Hmm. Uh, so that's why there's no evidence for it. But the plain fact is the whole of the sedimentary record is the evidence for it. Now, hmm. the calculations show that that meteorite would have caused enormous waves, many hmm. miles high, moving at enormous speed, close to the speed of sound. And it would have enveloped the Earth in about one day. Hmm. Now, if you consider um, waves miles high moving at the speed of sound, it's going to do vast amounts of erosion. It will wash mountain ridges away, it will hmm. wash continents away, and it will do a huge amount of deposition as the waves subside. And you can see all that deposition. You can see it all throughout the geological column from where the geological column starts at the end of the Cambrian. The Cambrian is not um, sedimentary rocks. That's presumably the surface of the earth before the flood. And all the way through to the present day, there is just sediment. Hmm. And it looks as if it's all laid down in in one event. Mm, in rapid succession. Rapid succession. And an impact of that size, 4,500 years ago, was big enough to produce all that sediment. Hmm. So, well, we can see the flood happened. What caused all those fountains of the great deep to burst forth. Hmm. Well, that would happen if the uh, the Earth was struck by a 200-kilometre diameter <laughs> meteorite. It would smash the the um, the Earth to pieces. It would smash uh, smash the Earth and allow the water that was apparently underneath to come out hmm. in um, in drastic quantities. Hmm. And there would be this huge flood. Now, there are many, many demonstrations that this is the case. The, the flood was laid down, uh, it laid down sediments very quickly. The Bible says it laid them down in one year. Hmm. And um, that fits very well with everything we can see. Now, I personally have seen a piece of rock. It's in a museum in Glenrose in Texas. Now, this piece of rock is from a quarry which is dated as Ordovician because standard geology dates its rocks by the fossils and it says these fossils show a, an evolutionary sequence. Hmm. And you've got these early ones low down, hmm. 
and later ones later. Yeah, so they're saying it's from less complex and sort of it slowly evolves over the in geological effect, record. That's in that's effect, the, yes. You have these simple um, shellfish down at the bottom, and at the top you've got well dinosaurs followed by mammals followed by man and all sorts of things in between. Now, in this particular rock, it is Ordovician. That's right down near the bottom of the geological column. And it has these palisipod fossils, which are the geological index fossil for that age. But there's a piece of wood in this stone. It's sticking out of the stone, and that wood is spruce. But according to the geological column, that only appears in the geological column in the Triassic period. Hmm. And that is hundreds of millions of years later than the Ordovician. Hmm. And then when you... Um, when this rock was broken apart, you can see that that spruce is the broken handle of an iron hammer, which, uh, which is encased in this rock. Now, the only creature that's ever used iron hammers um, with spruce handles is from the recent. It's right up at the top. So we have got one piece of evidence for the bottom of the geological column, one piece of evidence for the middle of the geological column, and one piece of evidence for the very top of the geological column, all in one specimen. Hmm. It all was laid down very quickly while all these things were there. There was spruce hmm. there, there were people there, there were palesipod fossils there all at one time, and within that 100 years of flood deposition, they all got deposited together. Hmm. So the evidence against Lyle's uniformity principle and its resulting millions of years, it's really all been washed away. Hmm. And what's come up in its place is very strong evidence indeed for the flood. Hmm. So it's much easier today to put forward evidence say, this is good, strong evidence for the flood. Mm. It's very difficult these days to put forward any kind of evidence for all the millions of years. Mm. And yet this is taught as fact in the universities. This is taught as fact in whenever anyone's studying at a higher level. No, 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 this is, this is what happened. Evolution is a fact. Look, the geological record is often used sort of as a trump card against Christians. Oh, but of course the geological record shows that evolution is a fact. <laughs> Whereas, in fact, these these lines of evidence or these pieces of evidence point exactly against it. I've even heard of them finding fossilized fish where one fish is swallowing another fish and fossilized footprints of men next to possible dinosaur footprints and things like this. So lots of other evidence as well. But yet, why is this still being taught as fact? Because they want it to be fact. There's a mm. very well-known one, the Carboniferous Mystery. In the Carboniferous uh, rocks, which are supposed to be something like 250 million years old, you find human footprints, many of them. Hmm. And 
there were attempts to show that, well, these are forgeries. They're the uh, American Indians on the reservations have, have carved these so that they can take visitors to see human footprints in rock, but that was shown to be not true. And in in excavating for a new building, they would take off a layer of rock and lo and behold, there are human footprints. Hmm. So there was a, a, an article by um, a well-known geologist called Albert Ingalls and he looked at this, the Carboniferous Mystery, and he had no solution. And he says, but there is one thing we can be sure of. They're not really human footprints. And he gave a reason. He said, because otherwise the geologists should all give up their jobs and take up truck driving. <laughs> <laughs> but now recently the whole thing has been blown completely wide open because a paleontologist called Mary Schweitzer who is, um, she specialises in um, Tyrannosaurus rex. She mm. discovered that some of her Tyrannosaurus rex remains, they are not fossilised and they still contain flexible blood vessels. Mm. And those blood vessels still contain blood cells. Now, everybody knows that blood cells cannot last 65 million years. Hmm. So the story about the dinosaurs being 65 million years old can't be true. Now, since she found this, there have been plenty of paleontologists who specialise in other kinds of dinosaurs. They say, well, they've also found flexible for blood vessels hmm. still containing blood cells. And uh, I was very happy to be at a conference a few years ago. It was a geotechnical conference and I was there for my affairs and I was sitting next to a geologist during the, uh, the gala dinner, which is the topic, it's the social event at a conference. And I was very happy and I said, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. He was a geologist from, from a university I used to lecture at. And I said, I want to know what the geologists make of the, uh, the work of Mary Schweitzer and the dinosaurs that she's dealing with. And he said, well, it means the geological timescale is much, much shorter than we thought. And I said, do you tell the students that? And he ummed and ahed and he came with, up with a whole lot of sidetracking and umming and, and getting around it. And eventually I got him to admit, no, we don't tell the students. Hmm. Now, why don't they tell the students? Well, it's not the best in the theory, field theory. So they will be thrown out of their jobs if they tell the students what's not accepted by the scientific establishment. So these dinosaurs, they remain out of the textbooks. Hmm. Another thing that has been a great shock is that it's been found in central China. The 
local people have been using dinosaur bones. They don't call them dinosaur bones, they call them dragon bones. But they're still fresh enough to make medicinal broth with, and they say it's extremely effective for certain illnesses. Oh now, you couldn't have bones still fresh enough to make medicinal broth if they were extinct 65 million years ago. So the whole dinosaur has collapsed in a heap. And with it, the whole story of evolution and millions of years, it's all collapsed. Mm. So how old would those dinosaur bones have to be to still contain pliable tissue in them? Could that be several thousand years old or could it, would it well, have to be more recent? It. It's it's pushing it to have several thousand. Mm, it, that's what I'm it's, thinking. It would have to be even more recent. You know, it might be plausible at a few hundred. Oh, wow. Okay. And there's so much evidence of uh, cave paintings, carvings in rock, um, stories which clearly describe dinosaurs that a few hundred years isn't unreasonable. It's mm. been all suppressed um, because, well, it can't be true. There's mm. a historian, for example, Geoffrey of Monmouth. All his work is taken as being authoritative. But when he talks about creatures which are obviously dinosaurs, they say, well, this must be myths and fairy, story, uh, fairy stories. Mm. But now it's all coming. It's not. That's the truth. It's the millions of years that are the myths and fairy <laughs> stories. And when, when was his writing published or when did he write? More than a thousand years ago. Oh, okay. Well, but still, there's fairly recent writings documenting what seems to be dinosaurs, or yes. as they used to be called, dragons. Yes. Hmm. Wow. That's fascinating. Well, we hope this has helped some of you listening tonight just to be better equipped as you talk to your non-believing friends. Maybe you're at university and you have this constant story pushed on you that, no, 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 the fact is the earth is millions, billions of years old, the universe is so many billions of years old, but there's actually evidence, the, the evidence points towards the fact that the world is as God says it is, that it actually was created the God the way that the Bible says it was. And in that second Peter passage where it's talking about um, people overlooking the fact that the world was diluged with water and perished, well, why? Because that's about the judgment of God on sin. People don't want to be accountable to a God who's going to judge them for their sin. So, well, let's just abort God. There is no God. Let's get rid of the flood, the fact, the evidence that he actually judged the earth. And that way we can just peacefully live our lives the way we want to. It's very convenient, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if you want to see um, lots of evidence for this, I've got two of my uh, videos on the YouTube channel we talked about last week. There is one just called Dinosaurs, and we look at dinosaurs, and there's one just called Impact, where we look at the impact which caused Noah's flood. Hmm. And that's Creation Science with Philip Stott YouTube channel. So if you look up his YouTube channel, Creation Science with Philip Stott, and also you can visit the website, Reformation Christian Ministries, that's refcm.org, and under there you can look at the tab sci or Scripture and Science uh, by Dr. Philip Stott, and you'll see his articles there as well. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Are there any final closing thoughts, Dr. Stott, as we close off tonight's program? Yes. Christians should stop being so easily misled 
Don't believe lies, especially when they go under the name of science. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Good night and God bless.